Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Would you stand to your feet with me as we turn our Bibles to the Word of God? And today we celebrate and commemorate the resurrection of Christ. On Friday, we we gather to remember the Good Friday service and to recognize that Good Friday may have been good for us, but it wasn't so good for Christ. Amen? I want to take you back to Good Friday. and uh, As Jesus is hanging on the cross, He's been on there for several hours and the, the heat of the noonday sun is beating upon Him. His back has been totally ripped open by the cat of nine tails. It was a whip that had lead balls and and sharp hooks on it. In fact, the Roman soldiers knew how to work this thing so well that with every single swing of the cat of nine tails, the little hooks would... They would grab a hold of flesh and they would turn up and then pull it out. And just like a fishing hook, every time it caught the flesh, it would rip apart. Most people didn't survive past the scourging. Yet it's been said in the Word of God that Jesus had 39 lashes. It was so brutal that when you looked upon the back of someone that had been whipped with the cat of nine tails, that you could literally see vital organs inside their body. You could see the liver, you could see different organs inside as blood loss got so bad that their tongue would swell. Jesus had a a, a crown of thorns that sat on his head that were from the thorns from the, the, the area or the region of Jerusalem that were about three inches long. They're not like the rose bushes that we see today. And they didn't just lay it upon his head gently with rods. They pushed it in and beat it into his head. In fact, tradition says that his head swelled the three times the normal size of a man. If you've ever gotten any kind of bruise or uh, impact to the face, you've noticed that the eye or the head will swell up very quickly. And it was so bad that when the head swelled up, that Jesus' head literally swelled up around the crown of thorns. That if you wanted to take it off, you couldn't because his head was so swollen around it. I need you to understand just how brutal that day was. And where we pick up the story this morning, Jesus has been hanging on the cross. And not just going through physical torment, but emotional torment. As the very people he is trying to save are the very ones cursing him. Have you ever tried to do something good for someone and all they did was curse you in the process? And you wonder, don't you know that I'm doing this for you? It's then in John 19 verse 30 that said that Jesus, when he had tasted it, they had put up a a spear with a sponge of sour wine on it to to help him and they they put it up to him and the Bible says that Jesus tasted it and he said it is finished then he bowed his head and he released his spirit bow your heads with me as we pray father help in Jesus name amen you may be seated this morning 
With those simple three words, it is finished. Would you say that with me? It is finished. With those simple words, Jesus changed everything. Everything was changed with those three simple words. It is finished. What was finished? The word finished in the Greek literally means this. It means completed, paid, carried out, accomplished. It literally means to be fulfilled. So when Jesus said it is finished, he wasn't saying I'm done. He wasn't saying that you're done. He was saying my job has been completed. I've accomplished everything that I was sent on earth to do. I was faithful to the mandate that you gave to me. Now, what was that mandate? What was it that he was sent for? The Bible says in Luke 19, verse 10, it was this. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save. To seek and to save. Oh, come on, somebody. To seek and to save that which was lost. What am I telling you this morning? You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. He came to seek and save that was that which was lost. You see, somewhere along the way between the creation of man in the book of Genesis to where Adam fell to where you are today, there has been a lost situation that has taken place. Like a child that's been lost, your heavenly father is looking frantically for you, trying to bring you back home again. And all the things that you've gone through in life, I need you to understand, God has not forgotten you. God has not left you. He is going after you with everything in him to seek and to save. What was accomplished at the cross? A restored relationship with God. I need you to understand, God loved you so much. I love what Sam Rodriguez says. He says that the law was written with one hand, but that grace was written with two. This morning, I want to encourage you that what was accomplished is that you have a relationship, an opportunity with, for a relationship with God. But you know what? That sounds so foreign to many of us in America because we're used to going to church. We're not used to having a relationship with the one that created the world. We think we come to church and we just we, we show up and we do our thing. But I need you to understand God wants a relationship with you. That's what he did with Adam when he created Adam in the garden. They walked together. They talked together. They fellowshiped. You weren't created for worship. You were created for fellowship with God. God wants to be with you. That's why you can be with a woman. You can be with a man. You can take a drug. You can get money. You can buy a house. You can buy friends and still feel all alone. Because there is a space created in each and every one of us that only God himself can fill. But I don't want to stop there. God didn't just come to restore a relationship with you, but he also came to restore your dominion. Everyone say dominion. Dominion. You, You might not understand what that means, but every one of you has power. 
You were intended to have power to overcome every circumstance in your life. Oh, my friend, you got to hear me. You see, that's why we feel good when we pay our bills. When, when we got a bill that comes in and we pay it off, we feel good about it. We feel good when we overcome an addiction. We feel good when we get healthy. We feel good when we step on the scale and we're losing weight and we're getting in shape because you've, you've been able to overcome something. You were created to overcome. You were created to conquer. That's who you are. And that's why we struggle when we go to work and we don't feel like we're accomplishing anything. When we see our marriage falling apart. When we see our kids and our family disintegrating. And we're wondering how can we put things back together again. The cross wasn't just there to forgive you. The cross was there to empower you as well. But I want you to understand that when we think about Easter Sunday or Good Friday, we only think in terms of Jesus dying one death. But I submit to you this morning that Jesus just didn't die once. He died three deaths. The first death that he died was a death that was physical on the cross. His body had to be offered as a sacrifice, something holy, something clean. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that God took animals, skins, and he covered their nakedness with it. God is still covering our nakedness today. Only this time it's not with animals, it's with the blood of Jesus that covers our sin. That's why he had to die. He couldn't just say, okay, I'm just going to forgive your sin. I'm going to wipe it out. Because then he would, have been a, he would have been a crooked judge. God is a just judge. And so he has a standard that we had to live by. And God wouldn't even change the standard for himself. See, I need you to understand that before the foundations of the world, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, Christ died for you. Jesus wasn't plan B. He's always been plan A. And so it was God knew that if I create mankind, Jesus is going to have to die. Yet he loved you so much that he still created us. Knowing that we would turn our backs on him. So Jesus died a physical death on the cross. As painful as that was. It didn't compare to the pain of the second death called the spiritual death. While he's hanging on the cross, the Bible says that Jesus cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I need you to understand that the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. You don't understand this. God is a holy God. Sin is not something that he's ever been a part of. Sin is something that is totally different from his character. He is light and there's no darkness in him. But in order for him to pay the price for you and I, Jesus just didn't take your sin. He became your sin. I need, you, I need you to grab a hold of this. He became the child molester. He became the adulterer. He became the murderer. He became the fornicator. 
he became the gossiper. Oh, yeah, that, that, that goes in with all the other ones. He became the religious person. He became the judger. Jesus became the sin. In fact, the word, he, the word of God says, for he who knew 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might what? Become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, you, you got to catch this. The holy God, the separated God, Jesus was God. Jesus was God before he went to the cross. He was God before he came to earth. And he will be God even afterwards. But he is God. And the holy God became sin for you. Became the wife beater. He became the alcoholic, the drug addict. He became that heroin addict with the needle stuck in his arm. Why did he become those things? He didn't take on the sin. He became those things so that you and I could become what he was. Oh, somebody got to give God praise about right now. He became the most vile thing that you could think of so that you could be made clean before God. But that's not even the worst one. There's a third death that he died called the second death. If you die without God, where do you go? place called hell. This ain't no fairy tale. This is a life or death situation here, folks. And when Jesus breathed his last, because he was the sinner, for those three days, he went to hell. This is where we have a hard time with. But Jesus went to hell and he burned and he paid our price going through turmoil, going through pain, going through agony because he's paying the price. The price wasn't just death. It was the punishment for sin. We, don't, we never hear about that. We never ever ever hear about the fact that we, Jesus went to hell for you. He went through your hell so that you can make it to heaven. I need you to see what's going on here. I need you to grab a hold. That is Jesus for three days. Satan is, and, and his demons are celebrating. We finally got him. On Friday he dies. He gives up his ghost. And the demons are celebrating that we finally got the Son of God. We won this victory. And as Friday night turns into Saturday morning, they're still celebrating Jesus' demise. But something happens as all day Saturday goes. Sunday morning begins to come about. They go back getting ready to come down on him again and they realize something's not right here. He doesn't look like he did before. There's something taking place and Jesus went from being persecuted and being defeated into his glory. (laughs) 
He walked right up to Satan and Satan's freaking out. I thought we had this dude. I thought we had him nailed down. What's going on? And he walks up and he takes the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from Satan. And he declares, these are mine. I paid for them now. My friend, I need you to understand something. It goes deeper than what you think the story of Easter is all about. That when he grabbed the keys of death, hell, and the grave, keys do something. Keys unlock certain things. And I need you to understand that the cross unlocks certain doors in your life. You've been using the wrong key to try to unlock the wrong thing. If I were to show you my key ring like many of yours, you got a house key, an office key, car key, and you got all these different keys on your key ring because not one key opens everything. And so you're you're using a key called sex to try to open up a door called joy. You're you're using a key called addiction to try to open up a door called joy. You're hanging out with this woman, with this man. You're trying to hang out with this alcoholic and that drug addict. You're over here trying to open up this, this money pit here. You're trying to open up success. You're trying to open up possessions. You're trying to get a new house. You're trying to get a new car. And all these things you think are going to open up the door called joy. That's why you feel empty. Because there's only one key that opens up the door called joy in your life. And you find it at the cross. You see, I'm closing. Stay with me. John, if you would help me. Where'd John go? I want you to understand something. We cannot, listen very closely, we cannot stop at the cross. Say it again, Pastor. We can't stop. Don't get scared. I don't have Tourette syndrome or something like that. If you've been here at CWC for a minute, you know that when you don't respond, I'll respond for myself. Okay? But we can't stop at the cross. For too many years, the church has looked at the cross and we get everyone to come to the cross and everything is about the cross. But I need you to understand, it's time to start living AC after the cross because Jesus isn't on the cross anymore. He's not hanging there anymore. Something happened on Sunday morning. He stepped out of the tomb and he took off in victory and glory. And I want you to understand something. The cross was the greatest display of love that we've ever seen. We cannot separate the cross from the resurrection. We can't preach the cross without preaching the resurrection. And I'm thankful for what happened here. But this isn't where the story ends. It's not in what we're doing so many times in church. And many of us have experienced it. You've come to the cross. You've come, you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've come to the cross and you've received the forgiveness of sin. You've come to the cross and you receive a prayer over your life, hoping that that, that all of a sudden that God would accept you. But it's deeper than that. 
The cross doesn't just forgive you. The cross empowers you. Listen, as we close, the cross demonstrated forgiveness. The cross demonstrated his forgiveness towards us. But his resurrection demonstrated his power. Oh, you you got you got to got to grab a hold of this. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he went back to the cross and he nailed the word impossible to it. But what, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm saying whatever you think is impossible in your life, Jesus nailed it to the cross. You, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't know, you don't know about my marriage. My marriage is impossible. Nailed. You know what? You don't know about my addiction. Nailed. You don't know about my sickness. Sorry. Nailed. You don't know about the poverty I'm going through. Nailed. You don't know about the experiences I've been through. Nailed. You don't know about the bitterness. You don't know about the rejection. You don't know about the molestation. You don't know about the struggle. You don't know about the sin. You don't know about my failure. You don't know about the choices that I've made. You don't know about the family I was raised in. You don't know about my upbringing. I don't need to know about it. It was nailed. Impossible is gone. There's nothing impossible for you anymore. Everyone stand to your feet with me. Stand with those that are here. What am I telling you? I love what Bill Johnson says when he says this. He said, if Satan had known what the cross would accomplish, he would unleash all the demons of hell to keep Jesus from going to the cross. He didn't realize that Jesus had just played a fast one on him. See, I need you to grab a hold of something. Your enemies will do more for your purpose than your friends will. Stop worrying about the haters. Use the haters as your motivation to accomplish your purpose. It is finished. What's finished? Everything you need for victory in your life has been accomplished. You don't need another thing. It's already been done. All you need to do is receive it this morning. It's time to stop living as if Jesus is still on the cross. It is finished. Now that changes everything. Bow your heads with me right where you are. Father, we're thankful for Jesus. None of us have a right to stand here today. But when you became sin, I became righteous. When you became sin, I became righteous. Come on, say that. When you became sin, I became righteous. You're righteous right now. All you have to do is receive it. The cross bought forgiveness, but the 
Resurrection brought you power. It's time to start living in the shadow of the cross by realizing the resurrection gave you back your dominion. There's nothing that can overcome you. Nothing. Nothing. Addiction, nailed. Unforgiveness, nailed. Whatever you're struggling with, finances, nailed. Your past, nailed. Your failure, nailed. So my first call is this. God is moving right now over so many people in this place. He's breaking condemnation. Some of you feel like, you know what, I, I, I'm just, I feel so, like I'm not right before God. You know what, that's okay. He became sin so you could become righteous. So you right now are here and you would simply say this, Pastor, I want to receive what Jesus done. I want to receive what Jesus did for me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to count to three, left to right, front to back. You've heard this before, some of you. But I want to give you an opportunity to come to know my Savior, come to know my Father. It's beyond forgiveness. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I came that you might have life and life in abundance. If you're not experiencing an abundant life, today's your opportunity. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.